I love a service when you start preaching and God's already done just so much, so much work, so much moving, so much working in hearts, so much setting people free. Amen. Yes. Love it. I love when uh, darkness shows up and it thinks it's going to win. And then you just turn on the spotlight of God's truth and darkness has to flee in Jesus name. Amen scattering darkness. I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, we are back uh, after, I hope you guys had a great Easter. Hope your Resurrection Sunday was wonderful and had a great weekend and a great week. And uh, saw a friend of mine uh, used to pastor in town here. Their church is not having church today because of a snowstorm. So thankfully we're here today. Yes. Amen. Aren't you glad you're here today? We're, uh, we're back on our Roblox series and uh, finding these highlight, that's exactly what we're doing, the spotlight. That's, ex- that's exactly what this series is, is putting the spotlight on things that, that get entrenched in our hearts and our souls and our spirits that sometimes we know are there, sometimes we don't know are there, and just shining the light on them, but they're keeping us from walking out the God life that he has for us. It's holding us back. No holding back. Say, no holding back. That's right. No holding back. Now, it's painful sometimes, right? Sometimes that little searchlight feels like uh, molten lava on our hearts, doesn't it? Right? That searchlight is, is not comfortable sometimes. But we want to do that because we want the Holy Spirit to have our permission to work in spots and areas of our life that we might not know is holding us back or maybe we know but we're just trying to ignore it. I'm sure that's none of you. Sure is me, right? Gosh, you got these things in your life. You, you know they need to be dealt with, but I don't really want to deal with them. So going through a series like this, it kind of, right? Exactly. Kind of shines the spotlight on. You're right. I just want to say loud things, too, when that happens. Ugh. Exactly. So a couple, we, we spent a couple weeks before Easter talking about not taking offense. Curtis was very offended by that. <laughs> yes, I got I got a hard time. I went to Jorgensen's just being nice, letting Curtis win at his game, and the whole family picked on me the whole time. Oh, you better not get offended. Yeah. Oh, it's so funny, isn't it? It was true. I had to abide by my own rules, but they still fed me. Yes. Yep. Yep. They did. Yeah, and Curtis didn't get offended because he won at least one game. <laughs> yeah. So we're talking about, we uh, had a, a bunch of quotes from Brant Hansen and John Bevere, but I want to just kind of sum up just a thought as we move forward today uh, from Brant Hansen and kind of talking about humanity. And he said in his book, Unoffendable, he said, John 2, 24 through 25 tells us Jesus didn't trust them because he knew human nature. No one needed to tell him what mankind is really like. Brandt goes on to say, maybe those who seek to follow Christ could take that same approach. Perhaps a big part of being less offendable is seeing human, the human heart for what it is, untrustworthy, unfaithful, prone to selfishness. And I, we used this bottom quote already in our series. Got it. All right, now we don't have to be shocked. And so that's what Brent is kind of saying is we would get a lot less offended if we just knew that people were turkeys, right? And we're a people. 
<laughs> so we're a turkey too, right? If we just didn't expect people, oh, can't believe they talked to me like that. We we actually had we had a we, we took Callie down uh, last Monday or well, last Sunday night after Easter, and and Monday morning at five thirty, she had her tonsils out. Surgery went wonderfully and whatever. Um, but we, you know, saw a, a friend of ours down there, and uh, she was just telling stories about that. She's like, we went through and. I can't remember what it was. And she's like, I just told my husband, should they be talking to us like that? <laughs> right? And don't we all think that? We all, like, if you are shaking your head, no, you're lying to me. We do all think that. Like, ah, oh, can't believe they talked, can't believe they used that tone with me. I can't believe they didn't show up when they said they were going to. I can't believe they were rude to me. I can't believe, I can't believe. Really? Have you seen humanity? <laughs> right? But still, we can't believe it, can we, Rick? We just can't, but Justin, I can't believe you offended me with your beard, right? I just can't believe you wouldn't, <laughs> right? Like it's a shocker that people aren't going to be perfect, especially in a non-Christian world, right? We hopefully have higher expectations in the church, but guess what? Who, who's in the church? Jesus and people, <laughs> Right? And somehow we're still wide-eyed and aghast that someone would say that to me or treat me like that or I went to shake their hand and they just turned and walked away. Oh, I'm going to give up my salvation because I just hate them now. <laughs> right? Exactly. If that's what the church is like, <laughs> that's, what the, that's what the church is like. I'm just saying. We're in a whole series trying to get better at it, but we're human. And so that's what Brian is saying. You'll have less. And so the whole offense thing, that's the front side of this. That's this immediate reaction thing, being offended. Oh, I'm so offended. Well, stop. Well, you don't. No, just stop. It's your choice. You don't have to be offended. I'm giving you carte blanche today to not be offended. Sign your name to it and say, all right, I don't have to be offended. And you don't. You don't have to be. It's your, you choose what you're all about, right? We spent two weeks on that, so we're going to move on. But if you don't deal with that part of it, and see, and, and we learned that offense really is rooted in what? Pride. It's really rooted in self-aggrandizement, right? And so we, the first, you know, the, Actually, the second week on this series, we talked about pride. And then the next two weeks, we talked about offense because it's all kind of stems from that same place. So moving on, if you don't deal with that immediate offense, that immediate offense gets in. Anyone, anyone ever get a thorn of offense stuck in your heart? And it's like, oh, it hurts all the time. And you're just all growly about it. And you're just all... Argh. But the offense is the front part. It's, it's the, if we were talking about website design, it's, it's front side, right? Now, server side is what happens. The back side, the back end is what we're going to talk about today. If you don't deal with, with offense, then you're going to have to deal with unforgiveness. Boy, I'm going to give you 30 seconds if you want to leave, so go ahead. <laughs> if you don't deal with an offendable spirit, you'll deal with an unforgiving spirit. So we started with offense because I want to see how powerful it is to cut these things off in the front side. Because once it makes it to the back side, it's not very fun. It's not very fun, is it? If offense is the seed, then unforgiveness is the poisonous plant that grows from it. 
Yeah, you let those little opinions of people just dwell in your heart. And how could they do that? And why did they do that to me and say that? And I can't believe they didn't sing happy birthday to me. Ugh. Guess what's growing in there, poison weed heart? Huh? It's not going to be pretty in a while. Things happen. Life happens. Right? It's not perfect. Someday... We're going to have perfect bodies, perfect minds, and a perfect environment. That day is not this day, unless Jesus comes back, which make it be this day. That would be great. We're all for that. But if not, if Jesus doesn't come back, you get another whole day with imperfect people. Right, Donna? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Just seeing how much I can get away with today. I know. I, maybe next week we'll talk about revenge. <laughs> today's, today's unforgiveness. <laughs> so you got one free week to get, get revenge, maybe. I don't know for sure. So unforgiveness is, is, is the growth of the things that don't get taken care of in our heart. I won't have, ask you to raise your hand if you've ever dealt with unforgiveness, because we all have. We've all fought that battle. And I tell you what, fighting the offense battle is way easier than fighting the unforgiveness battle. So let's pluck these, you know, anyone ever pulled weeds in the garden? Three foot tall or one inch tall? Which is better? <laughs> come on. A little hole and yep, the one inch ones come right out, Right. The big ones, you need a machete, and it's just, right, it's painful and arduous, and it's no fun. Let's get them when they're little. Anyways, let's move on. Unforgiveness results from an emotional wound, right? There's more to this definition, but I stopped it here for just a second. Let's just resonate with this a little bit. Unforgiveness in our heart, this, this ugly thing that's living inside of us, it results from an emotional wound. Okay, let me say this. The wound can be very real. Sometimes you're not just offended. Sometimes, sometimes something really happened that is really, like, I'm just, I'm not denying that we live in a real world with real people and a real devil and real things that happen to innocent people. Okay? Yucky things. Are we in agreement that yucky things happen? Yes. So there's real wounds. Again, just like in offense, it's up to us to deal with those wounds in a healthy way. Okay? It's up to us to process them in a healthy way. But if we let them get in there and fester, well, let's see what the rest of the definition is. Unforgiveness results from an emotional wound that becomes infected with feelings of bitterness, resentment, and <clears throat> revenge. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot that revenge was in today's... <laughs> Because of a delayed response, look at this. It's all of that infection comes from a delayed response in forgiving the wrongdoer. Ooh, they hurt me. All right, I know I can't just hang on to this, but I'll get to it later. In the meantime, yeah, there's junk growing in your heart. You need some antiseptic because it's getting infected. Right? And that unforgiveness is growing. Anyone ever just been in one of those in-between moments where you, like, you know you need to forgive, but you can feel it growing in there. You know that that unforgiveness is getting rooted. Like, that's a scary moment because you know you need to do something. And you know what's coming on the backside of this if you don't do something. 
Ugh, it's tough. So that this definition is from a gal named uh, Amanda Rowett. She's a mental health, a Christian mental health counselor on the East Coast. I think she had some great articles, and I just I'd never heard of her before. And I was reading some of her articles. I'm like, man, this is like I wish you lived in Sisseton because this I would go to you and I would send people to you because this is really really good. So she says this. Amanda says, unforgiveness is a state of emotional and mental distress that results from a delayed response in forgiving an offender. It's characterized by indignation, bitterness, and a demand for punishment or restitution. When you're not forgiving someone, that's what you want. You want punishment and restitution. Listen to what she says as as a, a Christian mental health counselor. She says, unforgiveness creates a domino effect that negatively impacts every part of us, including emotions, including our thoughts, including our behaviors, our body, our spirit, and our relationships. Anyone ever had unforgiveness just lurking around in your heart? Well, I know we all have. Anyone ever get an icky tummy from it? Right? and a whole host of other things, it wreaks havoc in our bodies because we're not meant for that. It wreaks havoc in our minds. We're not built to carry unforgiveness. It wreaks havoc in our emotions, on our relationships, in our soul, in our prayer life. It affects every part of our lives. Holds us down, holds us back. She goes on to say this. With unforgiveness, time does not heal all wounds. In fact, time further worsens and infects emotional pain. Unforgiveness is like carrying around a huge weight. The longer we carry a grudge, the heavier the burden comes. I'm going to read the rest in a second, but I I watched a video last night, and it was a contest to see who could go, uh, uh, what's those things, the stair, moving stairs, escalator. Escalator. I mean, we have lots of escalators in Sisseton, right? (laughs) The, The moving stairs. And they had to walk up the stairs that were going down, okay? So they were basically were just kind of walking in place, but they had, they had, it was 10 of them when they started. And so the guy that was, if you, the one, the last one walking won $10,000. So it was this contest and they booked this hotel or whatever it was somewhere and uh, closed it all off and had these contestants in there. There was firefighters and endurance athletes and CrossFitters and uh, a tower climber, like that's what he does, like climb his tower, like that's, I don't know, whatever. And so all these different guys. And so as they would, they, they all started out with these ruck packs on. And I think they were empty when they started. But as they would go along, the guy would have trivia questions for them. And if they got the trivia question wrong, they got a gallon of water in their backpack. And one of the first questions was, how much does a gallon of water weigh? Does anybody know? <laughs> he says, well, that's what one person said. Weighs a gallon. No. How many pounds does a gallon of water weigh? Close. 8.6. It's, yep, it's rounded off close enough. It's eight. And eight is the answer he was looking for. And so every one of them that got the answer wrong got an eight-pound water jug plopped in the back of their backpack. And so they kept walking and kept walking. And then he'd go with the next trivia question for another gallon of water and plop that in the bag. Some of them got it right, some didn't. And they kept walking, and they kept walking. And then he said, this one's for two gallons of water. And so they'd get it wrong. And so some of them had six and eight, like six in their backpack, and then carrying two. And they were probably better athletes, but they were carrying so much. 
The longer we carry this, the weaker we get. And so the one that actually won, he was the tower climber. He wasn't even sweating. <laughs> He'd gone for an hour and 20 minutes or something like that. And all the rest were like one guy threw up and, you know, they're just like, they're, it was intense. He didn't have, he was probably in better shape, but he only had, I think, two water. He kept getting the questions right. So he only had like two water jugs. Your ability to run this race is meant for you to not be carrying a ruck pack, right? Come on, you're not built. Now, maybe you are a specimen of physical condition, right? And you can carry, you know, 80 gallons of water around or whatever. One trip of groceries in the house with 18 bags is no problem for you. But spiritually, you are not meant to carry unforgiveness and carry a grudge. She says, in the absence of a timely response, the roots of unforgiveness only go deeper, further entangling us. In summation, feeding on unforgiveness is toxic. Anyone agree with that? Yeah. It is. If you don't agree with that, just, just hang in here. It is. We're not going to poke at that a lot, but just trust us that unforgiveness breeds death. It's just toxic to your system in every way. So how many of you uh, have ever been in awe of someone or something? You've just been uh, what was the word I had in, in my head this morning? Enamored. Stunned. St enamored. Stunned, yeah. Like, I remember back when I, well, I'm lifting weights again, but back in the day when I was in college, you know, I'd see these guys in there, you know, just moving all these plates, and I'd just be like, whoa. Or see someone go in the guitar store, and they'd be like, just shredding guitar. <laughs> what do you do? You're like, oh, you just, you kind of get closer, and you get braver, and you get a little closer, and you get braver, and finally, you hope they look at you, and you're like, that was so awesome. How, how do you do that, right? You want, right? Or you're, you know, whatever it is, someone that can sing amazing, or they can paint, or they can, you know, Ed Halbert out there carving. He's like, oh, there's a block of wood. Pfft, there's a bird, <laughs> right? You know, you're just like, <laughs> and he'll come in and have coffee, and be like, well, what are you working on? Oh, I've got a bit, you know, I don't know, got to build a a bird with a parakeet beside it and a butterfly and some Amazonian, you know, reptile. Like, well, you, do you even know what that is? No, but I'll carve it. Like, and he does. Yeah, it's good. It's like perfect. It's like just detail. And he's okay. No, it's good. Like, I'm, I'm enamored by that. I'm in awe. I'm like, how do you do that? Because I've done some carving. Like, I've, you know, I've got some heirloom pieces that I've made. And like eight weeks later, I'm like, it's not look right. And he could just whip out a chainsaw and make something that I couldn't make with a 3D printer. Right? I'm enamored by that. I'm in awe of that. I'm like, how do you do that? And so you ask the question. What's your trick? What's your secret? How do you learn? I've, I've stood here and listened to probably half a dozen people, if not more than that, walk by Ed and go, same thing. How do you do that? How do you do that? How do you do that? Right? We're enamored by that, and it elicits this visceral response in us, like, I got to know how he does that. Right? Because you're enamored by it. You're just enthralled with it. What is like you're defying physics like how how are you that creative how can you dunk a basketball under your legs and behind your head and with a somersault like how do you do that like how is that possible how do you do that and so we see a picture of this 
with Jesus and his disciples. And they're enamored with him. And they say, how do you do that? They watched the father and his relationship, and they watched the kingdom of God flow through his life. And they went, Stan, how do you do that? And so we get a picture of this. And you know what they said? They came to him, and they're like, oh, crazy. How do you do that? Here's what they said. Lord, teach us to pray. Like, they would watch Jesus get along. Like, of all the miracles, how, like, you never see it recorded. Teach us how to open blind eyes, right? That came with it. But they watched him. They were with him. They were enamored by the right thing. They knew the secret to his power. They knew the secret to his flow in life. They didn't ever see him get his feathers ruffled. He was never in a hurry. He, he did more things in five minutes than we do in, in a week. And he just, he just, he, he's like, just chill. He's like, all right. He'd show up on a scene and he's like, Father, I know that you, like, I don't even need to do this, but for them, I'm, I'm going to pray out loud so that they can hear me. Like, I, we've already got this worked out, right? He would do things like that. And he, the people would ask him questions, and he would ask them a question, and everyone would be like, oh, right? And they went, it's the secret when you get alone, isn't it? Like you disappear for six hours a night. You get alone, and you pray, what's going on? So Luke 11, this is maybe just a little different than how you remember or learned this prayer. This is the Lord's Prayer. And, and Jesus said, this is how you should pray. Father, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. Give us each day the food we need and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation. As they come to Jesus and they're asking him, I want to know the secret. Remember, Jesus had just taught on makarios, that Greek word meaning blessed, overly blessed, over, more happy than just favored, blessed, wonderful. If you want that kind of life, it, it was the Beatitudes, you know, blessed are the poor in the spirit, you know, blessed are the persecuted, right? He's teaching how to live this vibrant flow of life. How many want to live a good life, right? You just want to flow in the power and presence of Jesus, never get your feathers ruffled, no matter what your co-worker's doing, you're just like, it's okay, praise God. And you're right, you're just, you're walking through life. Someone's sick, you're just like, bing, heal them, or walk on, yeah. Someone's got a demon, you're just like, out, oh, yep. You just, <laughs> right? You're just moving along in the power of God. Troubles come up, and you're like, thank the Lord, he's teaching me, right? Hallelujah, patience is building, right? You're just walking effortlessly through life. They watched Jesus do this, and they came and said, teach us how to pray. So Jesus has been teaching on the kingdom of God. He's been teaching on how to live that life. That's what he was talking about. He's revealing the kingdom of God and how to live in it. And that's what he kept doing. Here's the kingdom of God. Here's how you enter it. Here's what the kingdom of God looks like. Here's a parable about the kingdom of God. It's kind of like this, and it's kind of like that. You guys don't quite understand, but how do I tell you? It's invading this space, and you want to be right in the middle of it. Here's how you walk in it. Kingdom life is here. Here's how you live it out. And they watched him do that, and what they concluded, okay, how do you pray, Jesus? Teach us. That's what they came up with. That was the consensus.
And so Jesus is teaching how to live this vibrant, energetic, unruffled, free kind of a life that is immersed in the power of God. Sounds good, doesn't it? So he shows them this. So he starts talking, and he says, you know, this is how you should pray. So this first part, you know, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, right? It's all God. It's all God and his kingdom. It's all God and his kingdom. The first part is all God and his kingdom coming on earth. That's how you should pray. Honor God, love God. We're not going to do a whole thing on the Lord's Prayer, but just like it's, it's about God. The first time he turns to us, he says this. Give us each day the food that we need. Okay? What is what body, soul, and spirit? What part is food for? Body, body, body. And we're holistic, so they all affect everything. <laughs> Anyone ever been hangry? Right? Okay, that's that's soul as well. We but we need food for our bodies to function. And forgive us our sins. That's my spirit, man. I, I spiritually I need to be clean. As we forgive those who sin against us, that's my soul. They're asking, Jesus, how do we live the kind of life that you're living? And first he tells them to pray about God and his kingdom, honor God, you know, worship him, like all that stuff at the beginning. But the first thing he gets to when the prayer, when your prayer, when our prayer turns to us, the very first thing is, God, I need food, I need forgiveness, and I need to forgive. Andrew Murray, he said, as bread is the first need of the body, so forgiveness is the first need of the soul. Albert Moeller says, if the petition, give us this day our daily bread, emphasizes our most urgent physical need, then the petition, forgive us our debts or forgive us our sins, emphasizes our most urgent spiritual need. Saying we owe a debt to God means that we've failed to give him the obedience that he is rightly due. We owe God our obedience, and we have failed to pay up. Anyone ever have a week where you failed to pay up? <laughs> anyone, ever, anyone ever have five minutes where you didn't? Okay, we, know, like, we, don't, we don't glorify that. We, we're improving. We're walking. That's what this whole series is about. We're walking out of sin into righteousness, walking in the light of the gospel, the glory of Jesus. But we're humans, right? And it's, uh, yeah. So here's, what, here's three things that I see out of the verses that we read in Luke, out of the Lord's Prayer there. See that forgiveness is a heavenly transaction. Forgiveness is a heavenly transaction. All right, we're talking about unforgiveness in your heart and in my heart. So we see this. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. There's a transaction that happens. Like we're coming before the Lord and we're looking for forgiveness for our sins, for the places that we fall short, for the debt that we owe, the debt of a lack of obedience. And we exchange our sins for heaven's forgiveness. As we also exchange the ought and the poison plants that we have in our heart, the, the, the unforgiveness, we exchange that for freedom of soul free and clean. There's an exchange that happens. As you're before the Lord, there's an exchange that happens. This Amanda Roa, again, the counselor, she says this. 
Forgiveness is a deliberate act of the will. Stop. Look at me for one second. We can't get into a ton of stuff today. We're kind of grazing through this. But I just want, I want to just, I don't have anything in here about this, so I'm going to do it ad lib. Forgiveness is not a feeling. Look at your neighbor and say, I don't feel like it. You know what Jesus says? <laughs> don't really care. <laughs> just, and he's excited about it. He's like, I don't, really, I don't really care that you don't feel like it. That just, that's okay. I don't give us this day our great feelings. No, that's not really what it says. Just forgive us as we forgive those. It's a transaction. I don't have to feel excited about it. I don't got to be happy about it. I can be pouty about it. He doesn't really care. I just need to do it. The disciples are saying, whoa, how do you live like that? He's like, let me show you. Start off talking to God. But as soon as you start talking about you, you're going to need a few things to walk like this. <laughs> you're you're going to need a few things to walk this out. You're going to need some bread because you got to eat. You're going to need to recognize that you need to be forgiven because you, you're human. And you're going to need to recognize your need to forgive others. Forgiveness is a choice. And Jesus is telling us, he's, just, he's giving us all the ability to just say yes. All right, God, I let it go. I forgive. I forgive. So she says, to forgive, according to the Oxford Dictionary, oh, wait, let me read the first part again. Forgiveness is a deliberate act of the will in which you choose, you choose, you choose to let go of your feelings of resentment and your thoughts of revenge towards the person who has harmed you. To forgive, according to the Oxford Dictionary, means to stop feeling angry or resentful towards someone for an offense or a flaw or a mistake, or to this last one, to cancel debt. You're canceling what's owed to you because God's canceling what you owe him. Raise your hand all across this place. Everyone looking at me for one second. Raise your hand if for the last 12 months, what's the date today? April, what? 16th? From April 16th, 2022, until April 16th, 2023, you have been perfectly obedient to Jesus and you have not messed up one time. Raise your hand. All over this place. Any other hands today? Half a hand. No, nothing. So you owe God, right? We've, we've sinned. We've fallen short. There's a debt in our life that we owe. And God cancels that debt as we cancel the debt that other people owe us. As we perceive, ooh, they've wronged me. They owe me, right? We use it in our, listen, if, you, if, if debt sounds weird to you, talking about sin, listen, has anyone ever said, you owe me an apology, that's the language we use. Something is owed to me. You owe me something. And you know when we start forgiving? We cancel debts. We take out the ledger, and we run a line through it. You're forgiven. The debt is canceled. You don't owe me because I don't owe God anymore. I also see that it's daily. Give us how often? Each day, or this day, or every day, give us each day the food that we need. 
they're coming, they're asking Jesus how to live this God life. He says, let me, te- let me teach you how to pray. And in this prayer, you need to know that how often does your heart get a chance to get offended? At least daily. <laughs> Jesus knew it was at least daily. That's like on the outside, at least daily. At least today. As long as it's called today, you got a chance to be offended and hold unforgiveness in your heart. Hallelujah. But you also have a chance to be free. So he knew that each day we needed food, we needed forgiveness, and we needed to forgive. Every day. Every day. Every day. And Jesus also knew, third thing, he also knew that it's, it's, it's a heavenly transaction, it's daily, and it's required for this life. I want to close out well, with a bunch of slides, but I want to close out with this thought. If I can leave you with an illustration today, this really spoke to me, and I hope this makes sense. Forgiveness is like spiritual breathing. So think about eating, drinking, breathing. What happens during all those processes? So, all right, we go to Taco John's today, and we're going to get a meat and potato burrito, and, uh, you know, a Diet Coke. I don't like Diet Coke. We're going to get a Sprite or something. And uh, some potato lays with a side of cheese, all right? So that goes in because it's jam-packed full of nutrients. It's, it's feeding my body, right? Yep. Shauna's going to go home and have a kale salad or something like that. Yeah, because she's smarter than me, right? We're going to have some chicken or we're going to do whatever. We're going to eat that. And it, my body is going to extract nutrients from that. And that's a good thing. And that keeps me healthy and it keeps me functioning. Okay. Same thing with drinking, all right? I need some water. I'm parched. I'm thirsty. I'm going to take a glass of water. I'm going to drink. Same thing with breathing. I just suck in oxygen. It's life for my lungs. But what happens if I don't exhale? What happens if I keep my legs crossed for too long? What happens if I don't go to the potty? Things start to go in a bad direction pretty fast, don't they? Okay? Let's all do this. Everyone take a deep breath. Hold it. Just hold it. Just hold it now. Come on. Some of you are wimping out already. Just hold it a little bit. Your lungs start burning, right? Stuff starts not feeling so good. Okay, you let your breath out because you're not listening to me anymore. Okay? <laughs> Forgiveness is like spiritual, yeah, pick up, someone pick up a record, okay. Forgiveness is like spiritual breathing. We breathe in the forgiveness of God for our lives, but then we need to breathe out the forgiveness for others. And a lot of times, see, give us each day this food that we need, forgive our sins so we forgive others and a lot of times we've, we've, we've got this guilt in our life and we've got these hang ups and we've got these sin issues and we've got this junk lurking in our hearts this ugliness and people like me with the best of intentions will tell you you just need to be in God's presence more. You just, and and that's, that's right. And I would tell you that. You need to pray. Let's get in his word and find truth. And you're keeping breathing in. And keep breathing in. And keep breathing in. 
And what you really need is to exhale. You need to forgive. You need to forgive. God, give, like in this, we see give us food, give us forgiveness as we exhale forgiveness. And sometimes the, you just need more in. If you haven't sat on the potty for six weeks, the last thing you need is more good, healthy food. You need a bowel movement. I'm just saying. You're starting to turn toxic. And so, so much of us, we've, we're trying to deal with the rot that's in our souls by running to Jesus and asking for more forgiveness, more of his presence, more of his peace. And he's just saying, you just need to poop. <laughs> I'm sorry, Shauna, youth pastor's coming out, right? You need to get the garbage. You need to forgive. You need to forgive. And this clogs that unforgiveness. It clogs up our spiritual life. It blocks it. We don't need more of the good. That's great. But if you're not exhaling, you can't take any more in. And Jesus recognized that our need to forgive and to be forgiven is part of our daily conversation with God. Jesus said, here, I'll teach you how to pray. I'll teach you how to pray. A guy by the name of Keith, Keith Cleddy in his book, uh, Praying the Lord's Prayer, he said, you cannot offer to others what you've not received from the Father. Until you've drunk from the pure streams of God's forgiveness, you cannot give a drink of water to others. Unfortunately, too many of God's people are trying to offer what they've never experienced, and the gift is therefore tainted with our own sense of rejection. So he's saying, you need to be forgiven in order to forgive, but you don't get stuck in the not forgiving either, because it's, it's life in, life out. <sighs> okay, watch this. Okay, watch this. One, two. Number one or number two? Which part was I breathing? Right. If you don't do one of them, you'll die. You need both. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. It's the same thing, it's tied together. Give us each day the food we need and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Let me just walk through this. Picture yourself before the throne room of God. Just, just picture yourself for these next few slides as I'm going to walk through what I think Jesus had in mind to deal with our human nature in the middle of this. Forgive us our sins. Forgive my sins. Hey, God, I come to you today. Forgive my sins. Well, what are my sins? Hmm. I don't know. I got, uh, probably, I guess God, God, just keep picturing yourself before the throne room of God. You're, you're standing before Jesus. What are, what are my sins? Well, I guess, well, <laughs> and, but honestly, are they really that bad? Like, are my sins... Are my sins really that, like, yeah, sure, I should do things better, but are they, are my sins really that bad? Do I really need, like, do I need to bother you with forgiveness? Are they really that bad? 
I guess. God, I'm kind of more concerned about you helping me today, right? Give me, you know, give me a raise at work and whatever. Like, are my sins, like, does that really need to be a topic of conversation here? Because I don't know that they're that bad. Or wait, who am I talking to here? I'm talking to Almighty God who sees and knows everything. Jesus knew that this is the kind of thoughts that were going to be going on in our hearts. So he said, every day, every day I want you to have this conversation. When you pray, pray, give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses. Forgive our sins as we forgive. So when I'm talking to God, God, you know me. You know my heart. Oh, man. You know what, God? I don't, I don't really, I don't like this part of it. Because all of a sudden, I'm flooded with guilt. All of a sudden, I see, oh, yeah. When I was talking to my friend the other day, I, had a, I didn't say the whole truth. And I just kind of said, well, they don't need to know that. But you know what? How it came out, it was a, that was actually a lie. <sighs> Sorry for that. And you know, with my wife and my kids, like, well, I'm the boss, right? So they have to obey me, right? And I just, I leveraged that for my advantage this week. Oh, I hate that. I don't like talking about this, God, because I hate it. You know, I yelled at that person in line the other day because they were taking too long. But you know, it was, that was really my, that wasn't their fault. That was my bad attitude. God, I really... God, you know that good thing that I did last week? I did that so I could get credit for it. That stinks. I don't like that. God, forgive me. Forgive my sins. Forgive my sins. Forgive my sins. We're talking about me right here in this moment. Forgive my sins, God. Because there's a level of obedience you want me to walk in for the thriving life. And I owe you that, and I haven't paid up. God, forgive my sins. God, they're not just a bad attitude, and it's not just falling short. It's heinous in your sight because you're a holy God, and I need your forgiveness. God, forgive my sins. Wash them away. Make me white as snow. Forgive my sins, and I am forgiven. I'm forgiven. I am forgiven. I'm cleansed, and I'm pure. I'm forgiven. I stand before you, God, forgiven. And so I forgive. In the light of my clean heart, washed, erased the debt that I owe to you, I stand and erase the debt that I owe to others. <sighs> Exhale. I forgive. I forgive. I forgive. I wrote this out. Sorry for getting emotional today. I was writing this out last night, and I wept, and I wept, and I wept. This is our daily transaction with God. Yes, Jesus forgives us of our sins. Absolutely. We're before him. We're pure and we're clean. But at the same time, I messed up today. And while I'm standing here holding a debt over someone's head that they owe me, I expect to come before Jesus and tell them about how they owe me something. 
when I've failed him on this very day. And Jesus knew the health of this was not to beat yourself up, but to come and get forgiven. Apply the forgiveness that Jesus already paid for. He's already taken care of it, yes, but recognize it. Recognize it. Repent. Recognize it. Jesus knew that's what you needed for emotional health. Not to beat us up, not to say how bad we are. We know how bad we are. Let's know how clean he wants to wash us every day. And it's pretty hard then as you're standing there with a clean slate to be talking about how much that other person owes me. Let's finish up with a couple slides real quick. What Jesus is affirming, Albert Moeller says, in these words is that when we experience God's forgiveness, we are fundamentally transformed into forgiving people. Come on. In other words, one way we can know if we've experienced God's forgiveness is to see if we've become a forgiving people. Is your forgiver working? If it's not, you need to come to Jesus. You need to follow the model that Jesus laid out in his prayer and, and get cleansed. I know the blood of Jesus. I get, I get the theological part of it. Jesus is speaking to the soul part of this. He's teaching you how to live a vibrant life. Oh, but pastor, our sins are already forgiven. I don't really care. Like, I don't mean that in that way. Yes, they are theologically. But you know what? Jesus said you need to recognize those sins and you need to let them be washed in the fountain of God because your soul needs that. Your soul needs to know that I can't hang on to my offense at Rick when I've just been cleansed by the blood of Jesus, when I've been washed free. Not that I would ever have anything against Rick. He's a good guy. He goes on to say, it is simply impossible to experience the richness of God's grace and remain a stubborn, obstinate, cold-hearted person. Those who truly know the forgiveness of sins forgive others. That's what, that's what Jesus is hinting at. You want to walk in that free life? You want to walk unruffled and full of the power of God like I am? I'll teach you how to pray. Every day, recognize the barnacles that are collected on the hull of your heart. Get them cleansed off. Bring it before the Lord and then let go. Open hand. Open hand. Let go of the things you're holding against someone else. What someone owes you. Cancel the debt. Last slide. Keith Cleddy says, this is our last quote for today, forgiven, this is our position as we look towards heaven. Forgiving, this must be our posture as we look towards the earth. Yeah, there is such a beautiful freedom in forgiving. Open hands, open hands, open hands. But pastor, you don't know what they did to me. Do you know what they did to Jesus? Forgiven as we forgive. It's beautiful, it's life-giving, and it's how we walk the Jesus life in this earth. That makes sense? Hope we can all walk out of here with that analogy of breathing in the forgiveness of God, breathing out forgiveness for others. Breathing in forgiveness for me. Just It's as close as your next breath. Forgiveness for any sin you've ever done, that close. And forgiveness for others, it's not a feeling. Boston says it's more than a feeling. Any old rockers here? It's simply a decision to let Jesus do it in your heart. Ask for help.
Amen? God, I pray for this group of people today. Thank you for the terribly wonderful burden of walking in freedom with no burden. (laughs) It seems like it's impossibly difficult, and humanly, it is. But you told us to do it, so you've given us the power to do it. God, and we just want to pray that prayer. Forgive us, God. Give us what we need for our bodies as you give us what you need for our spirits as we get what we need for our souls by forgiving others. I just pray that you, you would help us to be quick to forgive, quick to listen, quick to obey as we follow you this week. All God's people said, amen.